Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 73 of Preston Jensen's podcast. If you're new here, I'm your host, Preston. And tonight I'm going to be talking about starting a podcast and uh, five things I wish I knew or I learned along the way of creating a podcast. I'm on episode number 73 here, and I've learned quite a bit along the way. And uh, if you guys are thinking of starting your own podcast, I feel like this episode would be very beneficial to you to listen to uh, before you think about starting one. Um, So top five things. Uh, Hopefully you find this interesting. Uh, If you do, uh, leave some comments in the description. Uh, If you're watching this on YouTube, leave them in the description or in the comment section there. And I I try to pride myself on answering as many questions as I can. Sometimes I miss one or two here or there. And most of the time it's not because I'm ignoring them. It's because I totally miss them on the software. Um, It's kind of tough to keep up sometimes with all of that. But starting off my list with number one, and I'm going from one through five. Number five is the most important in my opinion. So stick around for number five. Uh, number one is having a podcast costs a lot of money. And I know a lot of people start a podcast with one goal in mind, and that's making money on the podcast. Um, I didn't start my uh, podcast with that goal in mind. If you want to hear the full reason I started my podcast, go way back to the welcome uh, on the podcast. Uh, I I think it's a special episode because it wasn't episode one. It was just a welcome. But uh, yeah, it costs a lot of money. Um, I've got it broken down here. Uh, Software you're going to have to have. Um, When I started off, I just used Zoom to do my interviews and Zoom was very beneficial to me. I was able to do a lot of interviews, having a lot of great guests using Zoom But the biggest issue I had with the software was that the audio didn't always align with the mouth. And that's where I found Ecamm Live. Um, One of the other things I really like about Ecamm Live is I'm able to have a lot of stuff set up. And like I can say, hey, check out PrestonJensen.com. I can take that off. I can have, hey, subscribe to my YouTube channel, come up. Um, If you're listening to this just audio version, head on over to my YouTube channel and you can see what I mean by having graphics and overlays set up on the actual Ecamm live recording. Um, I can share my screen. I can have little banners. So there's basically endless creativity you can do with Ecamm live, but uh, it comes at the expense of costing some money. And um, some of the other softwares that I use are Lightroom, Photoshop, uh, Canva. Uh, those are softwares that you probably don't need for a podcast. However, if you want to do it right, um, you'll, you will want to create thumbnails um, for your YouTube channel if you're doing a video version of the podcast. Um, and you will want to create some graphics for the cover of the podcast for Spotify or wherever you're listening to your podcast. So you would want to have those softwares as well. Um, Other things you have to consider is equipment. You have to have a good camera. Um, I'm using the Sony a6400. I have that running into my Mac mini using uh, 
capture card, uh, Elgato capture card 4K, uh, to bring high quality video to this podcast. Um, I've got, uh, like I said, running into the Mac Mini. That's not cheap. Um, I have a Hegbis hub, so I can have extra ports to run my Rodecaster Pro, which is the audio interface. You have to have microphones. Um, I know there's a lot of people who say you can run a podcast on a budget, and you definitely can, but uh, I found that it's very tempting once you start a podcast to go all in. You want to have the best equipment. You want to have uh, proper lighting. That's something else you got to consider if you're doing the video side of things. And uh, obviously the most important is the microphones so you're sounding good in your podcast. Um, and the last thing I wrote down as far as expenses goes is I like to send out gifts to all of my guests that I've had on the show. Um, I went a little bit overboard for the guests I've had on through episode 73, and I think I'm going to be switching that in the future. Uh, if you've been a guest on my channel um, up to this episode, and I probably will do this up to episode 75 or so, I've sent out a metal print of some of my drone work that I've done, and I'm very proud of that drone work, and I absolutely love uh, that, that's probably one of my favorite things about the podcast is sending out a gift to someone after they've spent their precious time to come onto my show. Um, and I wish I could continue to do that, but that just costs a ton of money. And I don't know if it would be feasible in the future, but uh, that's been a lot of fun for me. But just when you're adding up costs, when you're starting a podcast, think about those things uh, before uh, you go all in. All right, item number two, um, you're going to learn a lot about yourself in the process. Um, I know for me, I wanted to improve on my public speaking skills. I feel like I'm slowly doing that. I still don't like hearing myself talk. Uh, when I go back and edit my podcast in GarageBand uh, or I'm editing the video for the podcast, uh, it's not fun for me to hear myself talk. And I, I hear a lot of other people talking about that. It does get a little better over time. Um, but that's one of the things you learn about yourself. Um, if you're going to be able to tolerate listening to yourself talk. Um, another thing that uh, you're going to have to learn a lot about scheduling. Um, scheduling is the biggest thing for the podcast for me because not only do you have to schedule the guests, you have to make sure your podcast is on time and you're consistent. Um, uh, you don't have to be consistent, but it just... Uh, for me, it feels good. Every Tuesday, I want to have at least one episode out. And uh, uh, th there's been challenges along the way through episodes uh, for from going from zero to episode uh, 73 now. Uh, there's definitely been bumps. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was sick. Um, I was thinking, oh, there's no way. The streak ends tonight. I'm not going to be able to do a podcast. But Thankfully, I've got a great support system, and my wife was able to hop on and record a wonderful podcast. If you haven't heard that podcast, go back and listen to that. I think she did a phenomenal job. Um, but you're not always going to be able to have uh, guests on the show. And I've found that my favorite episodes are the episodes I have with guests on the show. However, I'm finding now that it's a lot easier to have your podcast when you don't have guests. 
uh, just because you can come down to your studio, hit record, uh, get the topics in your mind straightened away on some notes, and uh, just go whenever you have time to record the podcast. With guests, you've got to be very flexible uh, when you've got to schedule different time zones um, and different days of the week. Uh, it's always a fun challenge to be able to get everything lined up, and it's a lot of fun when it all works out, and it can be very frustrating when things don't work out. Um, and that brings me to my next point. I have written in my notes that you, you're going to find out a lot about your determination and a lot about your creativity because not every week you're going to have a guest, like I said before, and a lot of times it's going to be tough to think of a topic. I know I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts, and a lot of people say, oh, everyone's starting a podcast right now, but a lot of podcasts don't last um, very long. And I think that's probably because uh, people start a podcast without having uh, a clear definition of what they're going to be doing. And uh, I can't say that I have a clear definition of my podcast even to this day, but I'm still having a lot of fun uh, having wonderful guests on, uh, talking about different topics like this. Hopefully it'll help you guys. Um, and so... I think that's what drives me. I'm having fun. I'm learning a lot about myself, and I'm very determined to keep the streak going. Uh, it's kind of turned into a little competition for myself. Uh, can I keep it going? And uh, it, it's amazing uh, when you don't have podcasts uh, built up. And I know a lot of podcasters do that. They have, let's say they've got five episodes just sitting there ready to be released. Uh, I don't do that with my podcast. I'm hoping to get to a point where I do have that set up. Um, but right now I'm going, I'm basically recording every Monday night or Tuesday night. And I'm, I've had an episode out now for 73 weeks straight. So it's been a lot of fun, uh, trying to see how I can keep everything rolling. Um, so that brings me to, uh, topic number three, and that is, it's going to take a lot of time. Um, even for a podcast like I'm recording right now, where I don't usually script anything. Even when I have a guest on, I may write a few general questions, and then I just like to let things flow through conversation. I, I like podcasts that are more conversationalist, or more conversation uh, than just scripted word for word for word for word and question for question for question. Uh, I, I tend to not like those very much. So, so going back to episode number one, where I wanted to challenge myself to be good at public speaking, I also wanted to challenge myself to be able to think on the fly and be able to um, kind of bounce questions off my guests and roll from that and morph questions uh, from what they're talking about and what their interests are. And I think uh, uh, it's been tough. Sometimes you hear like a lot of um, ah, uh, and dead space where it's like, oh, what's, is, is he going to answer a question or, or is he going to ask a question or what's he thinking? But that's just me trying to process uh, a new question. And uh, it's been a fun <laughs> challenge to myself. And getting back to the time that it takes to cre create a podcast, like I was saying, even for something like this, uh, where I try not to script and stuff, I have to at least dedicate one night a week 
to recording the podcast, um, uh, recording the audio. So the video side and the audio side are two different things. Um, basically, it's simultaneous now with the setup I have because I, I push record on Ecamm Live. I push record on my podcast or my roadcaster. And then in post, I'm able to, if I need to sync anything up, I'm able to do that in GarageBand. Um, or if I have to do any video editing, I can do that in Final Cut Pro. So it's pretty streamlined now. But uh, back when I started, um, I was using uh, Zoom for the interviews, and I was having trouble getting good audio with those interviews. So I was trying to sync everything from the roadcaster, and that ended up taking maybe... Uh, three or two or three nights a week trying to get everything squared away. So I'm really happy that um, I've uh, straightened out my workflow uh, to this point where it's a, it's getting to be a lot easier, uh, which is making recording and making a podcast a lot more fun. Uh, let's see what else here I have in my uh, notes. Uh, another thing that uh, takes a lot of time is creating thumbnails. So on a typical night like this, where I'm recording the podcast, um, I'm talking to the camera. Uh, when I get done with this, um, the video is usually edited in Ecamm Live, uh, or basically it's recorded in Ecamm Live. But when you're able to have a Stream Deck set up with all your overlays, uh, basically uh, when you hit finish recording. Your podcast is complete as far as the video side of things goes. You you maybe have to trim up a little bit of the beginning and end, but after that, um, you pull it over into YouTube, and from there, you've got to create a description. You've got to add in any uh, affiliate links that you may have. You have to um, categorize things in YouTube. Uh, then the next thing that takes a lot of time is creating a thumbnail, and uh that can also challenge your creativity because it seems like you get into a role of creating a thumbnail a certain way and then you see someone else create a cool thumbnail and think, hey, I, I should modify my thumbnail in this way. And it seems like every week you can spend as little as five minutes on a thumbnail or you can spend, uh, you could spend days on a thumbnail. It's just uh, uh, depending on how much you want to time you want to dedicate to creating a thumbnail. And we all know how important thumbnails are for drawing your uh, audience in. Uh, moving on to um, uh, topic number four, you should know before starting a podcast is that you are constantly fixing equipment and troubleshooting and finding new tricks to improve your workflow. Uh, my workflow has... <laughs> changed so much since I started this podcast. I knew nothing about the setup of my Rodecaster Pro or my computer. Um, when I started, I was just using my headphones, uh, my regular Apple headphones that came with my iPhone. Uh, I didn't have the uh, Rodecaster Pro and the uh, microphones that I have now. Um, I didn't have the computer, the Mac Mini with the M1 chip. So things were very tedious and very slow. I had an old MacBook Pro that was already old when I started the podcast. So uh, the processing power was not up to par. And so it seemed like the video side of things was almost impossible. The audio side of things was possible, but it was not very convenient. So uh, updating the equipment uh, was probably the biggest part of streamlining my workflow and the software as well. 
Um, but uh, there's other things that happen along the way that you're going to have to be able to learn on the fly. Uh, one of the major things I learned is that the Sony a6400, first interview I had, it overheated, and I was stuck in the middle of an interview with a guest, and the camera went off, and I was just left hanging thinking, oh, no, now what do I do? I had to quickly switch over to the webcam on my old MacBook, and the, the video quality of that was not very good. So if you go back to uh, the early episodes of my podcast, a lot of them didn't have a video to go with uh, the audio version, and that's basically because my equipment wasn't keeping up with uh, the stuff I was trying to do. Now I try to uh, post a video version of my podcast on my YouTube channel uh, for every episode. Sometimes in the future I probably won't be doing that uh, because I don't know if a lot of people are interested in that on YouTube. Uh, I know I find it very interesting when uh, a lot of my favorite creators post their full interviews on their YouTube channel. Um, but uh, so there, there's a lot of things that go into um, just constantly fixing things that just come up. And when these things come up, it uh, seems like, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to record my podcast tonight. Um, I remember one episode um, I was up super late trying to get my podcast completed before Tuesday was over. I got down to the last five minutes and I got it all edited and I went to anchor and oh, my internet was down and I was trying to upload it through my phone. It just wasn't working, but with one minute to go, my internet came back on and I was able to upload it and keep my streak alive. So there's little things like that that'll just come up and you'll have to kind of roll with it, and it is a challenge, but uh, man, when you pull something off like that, um, it, it certainly feels fantastic. Um, I have a list of some of the other things that have come up um, during the podcast that have just been kind of fluke things that uh, have been frustrating. One of those things is the autofocus on the Sony a6400 while you're using it as a webcam, uh, the face auto detect is disabled. So uh, one episode I was uh, looking at my face and thinking, man, you know, it's just a little bit out of focus. It seemed like it was focusing more on the microphone and not really on my face. And I thought, you know what? Uh, the Sony autofocus is so perfect and so good that I, I find it hard to believe that it's not able to keep up with my face because basically I'm just standing here at my desk with good lighting and uh, it's not picking it up. So I went back to my camera and I unhooked it and I'm looking through the settings and I thought, well, everything's turned on. The autofocus is working. You know, you can see the square on the face, but then I thought, you know what? Uh, it seems weird that as I'm using it as a webcam, it's not using the autofocus. So I plug in the, um, uh, Elgato cam link and oh I see the autofocus is disabled right when you plug that in so uh, that was one of the things that just threw me for a loop and it was very hard to tell if it was working or not because when I had it disconnected I had everything turned on right but it was one of those things like once you plug it in the autofocus is disabled for some reason uh, which brings me if anyone knows how to fix that I still haven't figured out a way to fix that so 
I uh, usually am not filming in uh, this uh, lens that I have can go down to 1.4. Usually I'm not filming in 1.4 so I can keep everything uh, a little more in for focus. But uh, if anyone knows how to fix that uh, disabling of the face auto detect, let me know because that would be a huge uh, improvement. Um, the Ecamm audio delay uh, is something that I talked about earlier, so you can sync the audio with the mouth. Um, uh, the one thing as I'm looking at the live recording of the Ecamm live right now is that it doesn't look like it's in sync with my mouth, but hopefully when I uh, export the finished video, hopefully the mic delay makes it look like the audio is synced up with my mouth. Um, that's something that was another big improvement from uh, using Zoom like I talked about before. Um, and just last week, I ran into an issue with my Rodecaster Pro. I was going to uh, record my episode, and I hit record, and I looked away from the Rodecaster, and I started talking for the episode number 72. And actually, Chelsea was with me on that episode, and she said, oh, something's going on with the Roadcaster." And I looked over, and it said, uh, Roadcaster unexpectedly uh, quit recording or some message like that. And I thought, oh, that's weird. I've never, uh, since I've had my Roadcaster, I better cross my fingers here. I haven't had any issues like that with it. Uh, thank goodness I didn't have a remote guest, so I was trying to troubleshoot while they were on. But uh, so the thing I noticed was, my memory card was almost full, and I had kept every episode that I've ever recorded onto this memory card, and I looked up on a forum, and it said that, hey, if you're almost full on your memory card, it'll probably disable it, and that's a safety feature, so you're not in the middle of recording a podcast, and you lose uh, all of the episode because you don't have enough memory, so... I cleared the memory card, I put it back in, everything works seamlessly, and uh, hopefully it stays that way. Um, but I was kind of happy about uh, that feature being in the Roadcaster Pro because I could have been halfway through an episode and it could have went out and I wouldn't have known any better. And when I go to edit the episode, it was gone and that could have been a disaster. I can't imagine how terrifying that would be uh, if you're, especially if you had a remote guest, um, I have had one issue where I had a guest on and about 15 minutes into the interview, it was going amazing. And about 15 minutes in, I realized, oh no, I didn't push record on the Roadcaster Pro. So I have no audio right now. I could have probably pulled the audio from, uh, either zoom or, uh, Ecamm Live, whatever I was using on that episode, I can't really remember at this time, but uh, the audio wouldn't have been as good as it was with um, the Roadcaster. So, luckily, the guest was uh, awesome about starting all over again, and I feel like the episode turned out great. So, things happen, you got to learn how to adapt, and uh, <laughs> I, I have to say that. Uh, Number five is the most important because one through four may have sounded negative and I'm not a negative person. I don't want to sound negative. And number five is the most important because with all of these issues and all of these things that arise, having a podcast is 100% worth all of these headaches. And, uh, 
the number one thing for me is meeting great people. Uh, I can basically say everyone I've had on the show, I've stayed in touch with. Uh, everyone has been uh, great supporters of my channel, and it's it's fun to learn from the people you've had on. It's fun to have uh, all these different perspectives. I'm finding it amazing as I go through uh, my town. Uh, when I talk to people about my podcast, I learn about people's interests that I wouldn't have learned about before. I've had friends for years that they tell me about like, hey, if I was ever on your show, I would like to talk about this. Or if this person was on your show, they should talk about this because they've got a big passion for it. And uh, these are things I would have never known if I didn't have a podcast. And it's just been awesome to find out how amazing people are. Um, and it's it's amazing to hear uh, about all of people all of everyone's different interests and how interested they are in different areas. So uh, if you've listened to this podcast and you've got to this point, thank you for listening. Uh, everyone's got a unique story to tell. And I feel like every single person listening to this and every single person who's not listening to this should have their own podcast. So everyone can hear their perspective. Um, it's been a lot of fun for me. I hope it's been fun for you. Uh, hopefully I can hear from a lot of you guys in regards to these uh, five things I hope uh, or I wish I knew before I started my podcast. Um, if you've got any things that could help my workflow or if you have any answers to any of the questions I asked in here, uh, leave those in the comments. Um, I can't wait to hear from you guys. I can't wait to see you guys next week. Thanks again for listening.